This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yes, it's that time of the week again. Enemies, I'm your host, Lisa Traeger. Thanks for tuning in to this truly unhinged show. Um, But, you know, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with these guests. I'm thrilled with the opportunity, yada, yada. I am fully nude, about to go to a Backstreet Boys concert. I did spend too much money on a dress and not that much money on a friend's gift, Uh, but it is classy. It's classy. But I'm bringing the gift to the Backstreet Boys show, so... I don't want to cause any problems. I don't want to bring a candle and they're like, this is glass and a weapon and you're going to throw this at Brian because he's in QAnon. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is this a bottle of booze? You booze hounds. You can't do that. Speaking of, that reminds me one time um, to the White Sox game, my friends and I snuck in a full ass bottle of alcohol in a White Sox cat in the hat hat. No one searched it. We did have a bottle of booze and it felt important. I used to love buying things that like you can sneak booze in that look like other things. Like I bought my party friend binoculars, but really a flask. My friend had like tampons, you know, like like test tubes wrapped in tampon wrapping filled with vodka. Like I love it. I've also heard I say vodka weird, but that's me. Deal with it, bitch. Honey, honey. Okay. I don't know why I'm acting like th- I know why I took a little, took a little more, spent too much money. The endorphins are rolling. Now I have to rush, 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 rush to this concert, celebrate a birthday. I mean, I feel like, you know, this weekend I was at my friend's wedding and I was like digging into caviar with potato chips and saltines and just like spreading caviar on my body. Well, not in my body. And I was like, this is why my family moved to America for me to be just housing caviar like the queen of a distant far past in England, just disrespecting her peasant uh, country and eating caviar. That's how I felt. That's why my parents moved to the U.S. of A. And now tonight, seeing the Backstreet Boys at the Hollywood Bowl. Another reason why my family moved to America. Truly monumental night for me. I don't want to bring a jacket. I'm going to regret it if I do. I'm going to regret it if I don't. You know, like I'm going to either have to hold it all night or I'm going to be freezing or whatever. So I'm very annoyed that Weather can't just stay the same for day and night. So fuck the sun. You are an enemy. No, I'll bring the denim. But then because it's like I want to wear red sneakers. And then I was like, oh, I'll wear my pink cute jacket. That's a clash. I do have other sneakers. They are in the car and like in other suitcases. But my mental I'm just too fragile. I can't bring the suitcase into the house. I just cannot do it. Um So we'll see what shoes I have. So it's like pink and red. They're going to clash. The red weren't that comfortable. I wish I had a flat clog. I wish I had any sort of shoe that wasn't a sneaker or a boot. When did I just become a 27 year old man who shops at Express with no fashion sense? Like, when did this happen when I just started being like, whatever, whatever, I'll wear sneakers with it. I used to be a girl who cared about fashion, but now whatever. Um, Would you? Okay. (laughs) I thought of a thing, but I'm going to keep it to myself. 
you know, suspense. You need to be kept on your toes. Okay. I share too much. I'm very vulnerable. Um, but yeah, I've been so lucky. I've been able to go to friends weddings. I have more coming up. It's like so awesome. And today we have a married couple. How thrilling. I am a huge fan of them on the internet. I stalk them on the daily on their instas. I'm intrigued by their lifestyle. I'm intrigued by their love. They're newer people in my life, but thrilling and they know it. And I did get a dinner invite towards the end of this, not to, you know, ruin the suspense of will we like each other or not? But we talk about their marriage, the ups and downs, how to be married people as individuals as well. And then one of the guests is an astrology superstar with a very popular podcast that I actually have been a guest on. Um, And I liked it. I liked it. This is one of the few episodes where I was more quiet. I was pretty quiet. And so you'll either like that or hate that. But if you did hate the sound of my voice, you wouldn't be listening. But It has been wonderful to meet all of you that do listen to this and tell me you like it and the messages I get and the little comments like it feels awesome. I've also caught up on Beverly Hills Housewives. Sutton, you're a fucking psychopath. What is wrong with you? You do not have empathy. You are a maniac. You did not earn any of your money. Why are you acting like a snob? Um, Dubai, that supermodel who's like a bitch and doesn't want to hear anything that doesn't have to do with her. I don't get it. Maybe in person it's different. Your face, not for me. Um, I don't know if I would buy a product based on the mugs that you are making. So that's just my little point of view. Stop acting like a bitch. You're not all that. Um, But I'm excited for the Dubai Housewives. I think they're going to bring a lot to the table. So thank you so so much, Dubai. A whole land build on... um, stealing people's passports, putting them into debt, and then forcing them to build your city. But, you know, I don't think where I live is any different. So, yeah, what if I give a shout-out to uh, slave labor? (laughs) Big shout-out. And you probably heard me stuttering. I didn't know even what word to say. It's all really, really fucked up. The world is fucked. Humanity is fucked. And, you know, we just have these little podcasts, concerts, little cute items, overpriced dresses that really keep us going. And, um, you know, I got a promotional package of some lotions. Fantastic. Can more people listen to my podcast so I can get cooler sponsors or any sponsors that would be great but you're welcome for all of this content um thrilled to be back for my adventures yesterday i started a tradition where when i come home from flights i did have a show i wouldn't have done this but i got fucked as hell stoned out of my mind ordered sugarfish and got too stoned to move. So that was fantastic. Um, I'm going to lose my tits at the Backstreet Boys today while you lose your tits to this fucking podcast. We have Steve Hernandez, Julia Loken. They are comedians. They are partners. They are podcasters, superstars, people who are committed to growth, the journey of relationships and themselves. And it was awesome to see them in person. So get pumped, and I hope you love more of Enemies, honey. Hello. 
Wait, um, did you guys watch Yellow Jackets? Was that a big part yes. of your life? We saw, yeah. So Coach Ben came here. We recorded here with Whoa. him. And I dressed in cosplay. <laughs> Who did you dress as? Well, I had, they sent me the t-shirt of the, t- the high school, so I wore okay. that. And then I wore soccer socks with shorts <laughs> and a leather jacket. So I was giving like yeah. Natalie, but soccer. Yeah. <laughs> but it was important. It was, it felt, <laughs> it was exciting. It was not a, uh, not a big fan of the ending, although I understand that that's what they have to do. It's not an, it's not the end. Yeah. Exactly. I understand that's what they had to do, but you know that those those women are my exact age. So everything they were doing, nineties, I'm class of ninety six. So everything that was going on, like a song would kick in, I'd be like, oh hell yeah! I'd pause it. I'd be like, do you know Screaming Trees? She's like, no. I'm like, oh, check this shit out. I've been listening to the soundtrack. It is a little. I. Uh, yeah, I graduated high school in 05. Yeah. So it's a little different, but I remember that. <laughs> yes. When but, did you graduate? 06. Yeah. Oh my God, child bride. But I'm, yes. I'm old for my grade. I could have been 05. My parents did get to decide if the, I went to weird uh, Waldorf private school for elementary school for a portion. And then I was like, nah, we got to go. So then when I went to public school, they were like, do you want to put her in the year behind or the year forward? And they were like, behind. What's your, uh, what do you think? We, we have, a, we've c- come down a number. What's the maximum age difference that a, a, a people could be before it gets creepy? I don't know. I've, I don't know. I'm open to whatever works, but once you're nearing 15, 20, it's uh, questionable. So 15, that's your thing. But I can see not a blanket 15, but I would say that's when it starts to be questioning. <laughs> and it depends how old you were when they met. Like so the Celine Dion of it all, like he knew yeah. her when she was 12. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's what I kind of say, too. I say once someone's 30, all bets are off. Who gives a shit? Um, but anything under that, then yes, we've settled on the number 12 years. Yeah. We think 12 years. But over 30, all bets are off. Yeah, a 30-year-old could date a 45-year-old. Who gives a shit? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. That's true. Yes. Yeah. But anything... Well, okay, you know what, though? Past 30, That's the, we've never talked about this. Past 30, I would say then 20 is a thing. I would say 20 is like max. Yeah. Again, you're just getting into a... But who gives a shit? Nobody's getting taken advantage of past 30. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same kind of like... Power dynamic necessarily, but I do think it is like you're just having such separate life experiences that it's not necessarily a partnership if that's what you want. Does that make sense? It is. I just don't, like, what do you have in common when you're 55, 60 with a 30 year old? Everything is so different. Yeah, but this is where not because I was thinking about this. This is where non monogamy stuff is cool is that if you are like. 32 and you have a couple of different things you may want someone that's like a lot older that has more money that can you could just do kind of different things as long as that's not your primary thing what if it is uh and there are people who are like that there are old souls like that who have been old since they're 15 years old and they like to be with an older person oh no i meant if you're a gold digger (laughs) (laughs) i'm completely open to gold digging i don't believe that that's a real thing i I think you're just trading yeah because one time someone was like you wouldn't be with this person if you're rich and the response i think it was a reality tv show but the response was well he wouldn't be with me if i wasn't hot so whatever those are just things to trade i guess well i'm gonna say you are the first married people on this podcast all right together my first married duo here and you guys got married in an epic way. 
We did. Vegas Dodger jackets. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. My uh, sister-in-law was with us and she was like, are you going to like what was worried about dressing up too much? And I was like, we're wearing Dodger, like wear whatever you want. It's absolutely fine. But it was nice to not have to. We matched and we like matching. <laughs> yeah, <That's cute. laughs> huge, match, huge matching fans. I'm always looking for like a thing that we can match that it like is like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Well, today you look um, similar. You look related. You're both wearing like monochromatic, earthy, you know, sweatsuits. Yes, yes. yes. Um, we vibe. Are we recording now? Is this going to be? It's all recording. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were just talking before. Yes. So <laughs> with the marriage, yeah, the first marriage, but I liked uh, the age stuff too, but. Well, let's just see. But you are married. You're wearing Dodgers. Did you both always love Dodgers, or did one of you bring Dodgers to the table? I feel like Steve definitely brought Dodgers to the table. I am also from Los Angeles, so I was not not a Dodgers fan. But I'm not a big we don't we're not a big sports family, so it wasn't particularly important. But I do love I love a thing that you can get like merch for yes. and like go to an event, have a thing to like organize a schedule around. So I actually do enjoy sports a lot i just think it's silly when people get super mad about it because it's like both teams got paid you know like i know it's a bummer when they lose but also like this is they're putting on the show for us to have a good time you know and i did see you both were at fluffy (laughs) (laughs) huge show and with the family i've learned that recently the whole family can go to fluffy yes how was I, was, I was surprised at how much my nephews love Fluffy. My nephews are 10 and 13. They can't see my comedy, obviously. I talk a lot about sex and stuff like that. Um, but we got them that for Christmas. I love that they're getting older because before you just buy them toys and they kind of just throw it in a pile. But now that they're getting older, we can like take them places. And I don't care about spending a lot of money as long as it means something to them. So I'm not that familiar with Fluffy's work. I've seen the movie. But it was, they talk about, he talks about, it's not that clean. They like talk about sex and stuff like that. Not not graphically, but I guess I think a big part of fluffy lore is that him losing his virginity was one of the greatest nights of his life. They, that's like a known fluffy thing. There was a, a fluffy facts thing they would shoot on the thing. And they'd say like fluffy hates tomatoes, but he loves ketchup. But then there was this one, Julia. That said... Fluffy had his first road gig July 7th, 1997 in some town in Arizona. And it was also the same night that a very fluffy, friendly fan took his virginity. <laughs> and this was on a screen for all of Dodger Stadium. This is a man in his 50s bringing up that. But my thought was like, if you went on the road to do comedy the first time and you immediately lost your virginity, like... What what couldn't you do? I mean, the how the, much would you love stand up comedy? Yes, and how would you just be like, I'm just grateful for whatever. Like that just like sets you up to become, of course, like one of the biggest comedians, and for like being nice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, to share the virginity story, I wonder if it's like um, it gives kids hope to like their virginity. Like, I wonder why he wants to share that. <laughs> 
Or if I don't, that's just so wild to me. I think it's just like a fat Mexican. Everyone loves him so much. 50,000 people there sold out. I know. Cheering, cheering, going I mean, he crazy. had a flag. They were like flying the flag up there with the American flag. Oh, and, fluffy. And the California flag. Yeah, and there's and different fluffy. groups of people wearing like t-shirts they had made for the event, like with maps that said like we came from Portland to this Dodger Stadium gig. It's like such a cult of personality. He said a lot of funny things, but nothing original, nothing that you could couldn't see, come seen from a thousand miles away if you're a regular comic. But nobody's really, it's not about that for them. But the kids were laughing. Kid, my nephew, the 10 year old, he's a little weirdo. He's like a freak. But as soon as Fluffy got on, <laughs> he was laughing at everything, going crazy like a Tinder joke. The kid doesn't know what the fuck Tinder is. <laughs> but he's just like, oh God, yeah, it's like laughing, going crazy for him. It's just one of those things they like get who he is. Like he's a fat Mexican guy who likes, does silly voices. So that's why I think the Virginia thing even is like they're like oh he's a fat guy so like he lost his virginity that means a lot to him okay wait is he married now no. he's a single man in his sad, it's, it, he was let he he said a lot of sad things he went through a big breakup <laughs> he went through a big breakup and you could tell it really rocked him. and again i'm like hey i get it fluffy because if you again if you went on on your first road gig immediately lost your virginity that is like setting up your sights for like people's good intentions for the world like the world is a very uh hopeful positive place so this breakup sounds like it really rocked him he talked about how much it rocked him and i mean i'm telling you fluffy in, in baked into his stuff you could tell there was things he's been saying for years his opener is a guy named uh martin moreno and he brings up martin's name so even when martin walks out uh the whole audience it sounded like they were booing him. and i said to my sister are they booing him and they're like no they're saying martin martin <laughs> and we watch magic mike uh double xl last night again i haven't seen in a few years and he even goes my friend martin he like mentions it in the yeah. movie it's like a thing he does fluffy heads no like if you know you know it's in there <laughs> wow yeah. yeah i'm so excited and you got to wear all your dodger gear oh hell yeah i wore my wedding jersey <laughs> to the show <laughs> we're having a real ceremony in november though yeah. we just did it because it was so awful 2020 was so awful and um, uh, our friend Zed Honor got married. They're some of our best friends in 2020. And we're like, the Dodgers won the World Series in 2020. We're like, this is when, let's make, we want our anniversary to be in 2020. So I proposed in November and then a month, and we're like, let's get a small family thing in the backyard. But even that, remember uh, that Christmas time stuff, it just got really bad too. It was like the week, it was like right, he proposed right when it got announced that Biden won and it was like the height of everyone being like our sorrows are over like it's all good and so we like start planning a wedding then and then it was like the next week they're like actually there's gonna be a huge surge everything's canceled and then from there it just and people like, started dying and everything. yeah we so we just went to vegas but you know we i was firmly against getting married pre-pandemic well and because why because i've been married before and what happened <laughs> and we got a divorce. Once you've been married once, and I, when I say these jokes or talk about this stuff on stage, anybody who's been married before once says absolutely agrees. Once you've done it once, you feel like an idiot. You're like, why did I do this? It's the stupidest thing in the world. Let's bring the government in on this. And then even now we joke around where I say, if it's so crazy if I wanted to break up with you, like we'd have to get a lawyer. <laughs> you know how nuts that is to be like, oh, no, 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 this this is going to be a thing. Like you got to get a lawyer to break up with somebody. Well, um, I did have a divorce mediator on the podcast. Okay. And oftentimes you don't need a lawyer if you're willing to mediate with someone and then it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. We did. We did with my, with my ex. We 
we got a mediator and like a paralegal friend. So I think it ended up costing like a thousand dollars. And that's good. I just gave her everything, which yep. was stupid because she makes a lot more money than me. I could have got. So why'd from you her. do that? Because I felt bad. You just feel bad. Okay. Yeah. Because you wanted it and she did not? No. In retrospect, I've heard she said things afterwards where she thinks she broke up with me. But I'm open to that. I like that a lot more than carrying the load of the whole thing. But you just feel bad about the whole... I felt bad about the whole thing. And how did you feel knowing that he had been married before? Does that make you feel different about dating or no? No, I think we started dating at an interesting time, though. But I... I don't know. I I I think when we first started dating it was like kind of fresh that there was a part of me that was like I in my in the back of my mind this guy could always like get back together with his wife and I would kind of have to be like okay go like you got to do that. Um but I think actually it's was easier in a lot of ways um, than some other people having to reckon with their people's like pasts because it was easy to go like, well, that's his wife. Like it was his wife. Uh, like what you can't like not not you can't, but I think it just made it easier to go like, well, that was their thing. Obviously, that's a thing that's now done. And but I also I'm not going to be suspicious or weird like she's in all the pictures it's not like a one you have to like figure out or whatever it's like oh they're married and and i don't know does that make sense it does and then did you want to get married when like was that a thing for you yeah i've always wanted to get married and you had to convince him because you never wanted to get married again I don't think she convinced me. Uh, we had a few conversations. Okay. Uh, for, for if you if people aren't listening, I am polyamorous. I'm non-monogamous. Julia doesn't identify that way. I do think at some point in like ten years, she's gonna want to fuck some interesting person that she she really likes, and I, I, I'm happy for her. I want that for her. I pray to God that I am not the last person she fucks. Why um, are you not <laughs> as open to it? You think? I think that it is. Um, well, because I'm a straight woman and <laughs> dating men is hard, is is awful for the most part. And uh, I, I don't know. I think for me also dating is a place where I'm very much because of, I mean, socialization, but also just because of my own upbringing in life and stuff too is like where I'm very want to be worried about someone else and be taking care of someone else as opposed to a place where I find myself in those things and I think that that's um, where I'm like I really like who I am and who I'm becoming and I kind of am not looking to try to be what another person wants me to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what I do. I don't think that's always what I will do in dating but that's definitely what I have done up to this point and it has like it's not that enjoyable for me i like sex it's not that but i think that also most people most most people in my experience have not been very good at just having communicative healthy relationships with people that they fuck yes they are even they're in fact worse to the people that they just have sex with so this is my new thing like shock that people say when people are like God, they're such a bad driver. And it's like, of course. (laughs) You think everyone's going to be a good driver? (laughs) It just hit me one day where I was like, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. (laughs) I said, like, what? And uh, that's how I feel with relationships. It's like, of course, people are just bad at sex out there. Or talking or communicating or whatnot. All of it. And it's just like, I'm not, it's not that um, important to me to like, 
make people be that or like be like I gotta find someone else who is like this I'm like if I find them I I trust that the the that the way that I'm living my life and that the people that I encounter if that person is there I will find them and I have no doubt in my mind that I will act on an opportunity I know myself to be a person that when when an opportunity presents itself I take an opportunity Uh, so I'm not worried about that I'm just absolutely not looking Julia's down She's yeah. always down. Like it's one of the things I love about her. <laughs> I think we love about each other is yeah, we've had group sex. We've done crazy shit together. She's like always down. And so uh yeah, going into the I, I she we had various talks. There's a point where I said, Okay, we can get married. I just don't absolutely do not buy it the institution at all. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. But then how do you do it? She wanted to do it. And it meant a lot to her. And so to me, this person that I love to death, completely, you know, I don't believe, and I had, we had lived long enough, we've been together seven and a half years, so that I've te- I've tested her, not in a testing way, but I've dated people, I've seen how she acts. To me, it's very like, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be like a battered wife, like next to my thing, you know, I'm going to be doing my thing and then, but really you're like sad inside and this kind of shit. I don't want to be with someone who puts up with my stuff. Yeah, that is true. There's a couple I know that's open, but then one time she was talking about a a person they were hooking up with and was like, oh, she was so hot. I hated her. And I was like, well, if you hated her, like what's happening here? Mm -hmm. And it made me uncomfortable and sad. (laughs) It did. It made me like, oh, Okay, you should both like be jazzed on this person. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, I, I think I'd have to talk to the couple and see how they are, but generally, that that it was a big deal for me to be like, I don't want you just putting up with me. This can't be a thing. Like you're just doing this because you love. Me. I just don't like that vibe. It really bummed me out. I want you to be part of the reason why you love me is because I'm this way, and I'm I'm truly not this way because I like want to fuck a bunch of other people, although that'd be nice, you know, but I, I really love relationships. I love getting to know people. I love not having limits on those. I have a lot of women friends that um, I like to spend time with, and if there's some kind of vibe, I'm not betraying anyone even. I like to just be completely honest and transparent about all that stuff, and uh we had done, I dated people and I saw she was cool with it, you know, most of the time. Sometimes she was a little sad and we'd talk it through and it would be okay. And uh, so I saw there was all these different reasons why I was like, okay, I, I think I think she's okay with this. I think she's going to be fine. And then uh, I'd be like, I just can't get married. I can't. I was like, I, I was like, I just can't. It. I think it's so fucking stupid. It's almost like saying I'm Christian again. And I'm like, I just can't do it. But then the pandemic happened and all the plans we were making were like together. I was like, all right, if I can never bartend and do comedy again, we can live with your folks for a while or live with my brother. And I was just like, you know, even if we do split up, it's going to be in a long time and it's going to be as bad as a divorce. So if you being married, if this means so much to you and you allow me to be myself, I want to do whatever it takes to make you happy and to to be yourself and to walk in that thing. And then once you did get married and cool jackets and stuff, were you like, oh, this is fun? We always were matching like this before anyways. I mean, I like, I, 
it, there's I, I hold these things at the same time in my hands. One, I think it's stupidest thing in the world. I don't buy into it. It's, it's so dumb. I hate that this is something that so many people like. It's their golden life. It's like it, Hollywood. Yeah, it's the stupid. I mean, <laughs> hey, but I'm like, I'm from, I'm from here. I love it. I love it too, and I love it because it's fucked up and awful and and whatever. I have no, I have no. Uh, uh, it's part of the American dream, and I believe the American dream's a lie. Yeah, and, and so uh, all that dumb shit. But at the same time, I'm absolutely in love with this person. Like we have so much fun together. We get along so well. I think she's like so perfect in so many ways, and she's very. She holds everything very close to the vest, even with me. Secrets. Yeah. Oh yeah, secrets. You she, don't chit chat. She's, she's playing like she plays me like chess. <laughs> so which is it, it turns out is very good for a relationship with me. Cause I don't know what the fuck she's really thinking. So I, I miss getting drunk. I stopped. I got sober three and a half years ago, something like that. But when I miss, we would get drunk and then she would just spill. She would just spill it all out. And I'd be like, ha finally I'm getting the good shit. Are you sober or no? No, I don't drink very much now though. Um, it does feel kind of crazy, mostly because uh, in I mean when, in when lockdown it was like what am I going to be wasted alone like not alone but like in front of it just seemed particularly cruel and <laughs> like it's he's good I mean he's a bartender so he's fine like being around people and and if we're in he's again also doesn't want me to like not have a good time but it just seemed silly and then not, having not done it now it feels insane. It makes me feel like shit. Yeah. It's like yeah, shit. mostly that. And I don't remember anything, but I do have fun. Yeah. Like, I know I had fun Sunday, but I don't know. Yeah. There is, a, there is a recklessness to it that I, I'll never be able to achieve anymore. Yes. Like, you know, the idea of having group sex and all that stuff sober, I'm like, I can't fathom it. I can't. Yeah. And that group sex stuff is really fun. There's some great memories I've had, like, fucking... I haven't had sex with a guy since I've gotten sober. I know it's going to happen at some point. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, so I miss all of these different things. That comes... We're tied to drinking, but also... I black out and it was so chaotic. It was bad for me. I was yeah. a bad person when I would drink, so I should not... Or sometimes when I would drink, so I should not do it anymore. Yeah. And when, like... Were there issues like you had to talk through like certain things did not gel with you for in terms of the non-monogamous stuff? I think I'm just on um, board right away. What was that like? No, not on board right away. I'm I'm on board. Um, what's the philosophically? Certainly. I just it does not match up to my experience of myself and other people I've known in relationships in general of just like. I think that people get the idea that it's like a not a cheating thing, but that it's like easier that that's the thing. But I'm like, it requires a bunch of it requires a ton of communication, a ton of introspection and and knowing yourself. And um, and that's not how people do it necessarily. But I think to do it well, to live up to the like philosophical ideas put forth by it that is what it requires and I just think most people don't do that in any of their relationships even the easiest ones even the most like not like I don't know so I think I just have more I don't have any I don't have issues with the <laughs> the acts themselves more just like doubts on I think people have like good intentions but not the follow through to really like do it well but in my experience with him uh, we've talked about everything and it's been 
you know, again, it's like hard. I wouldn't say it's easy and it's not always a thing that I, I like, but I also would not want to make him be a way that he isn't. And and I think that it's also good. It's helped me um, focus on myself in a way that I think that uh, relationships, again, often, especially given what I said earlier, of like myself being a kind of more want to do what he wants to do, to be in service of people, which I don't think of as a bad thing, but it can be a toxic thing. Not always. I think it's also a trait about myself that I really like and has allowed me to be a part of a lot of people's lives and do great things. But also, you know, if you're in a romantic relationship, you can get really in it and in that person and get super tied up and all of that. And I think that the non-monogamy, while it's not a thing that necessarily I think like works or is for everyone it has been a thing that has forced me to be like aware of myself and go like well what what would you want in this sort of thing and just ask questions and be open and and um care for myself in a way where i think normally you can either just ignore yourself or be so caught up in the relationship that you don't realize that that's a problem until you're out of that relationship and then you go oh my god there's this whole like whole part of my existence that I haven't been dealing with and I feel like I I now I'm at a place where I feel pretty like oh I've got myself hell yeah yeah I was thinking and relating on very lots of different things but when people like put down or like it's like the parts of yourself that you want to change and then you have to just be like actually I like this about myself and it's fine and it's okay yeah. And I'm just going to do what I want to do in terms of this. Yeah. I think that's something that for me about the non-monogamy stuff was is been something that I have thought about a lot of like, is it okay for me to not do this and for him to do it? And is that weird? And am I... Well, it's weird for like, sure. Or I mean like, but is it... cool. Yeah. Where I'm like, is that a thing that... Yeah. I think I will at some point. Again, like I'm absolutely not 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 into it or not open to it it's just i mean people are so funny people like care so much about like what's fair and so if people find out about us i i promise you you know i bartend in covina at the chatterbox and this is they're catholic out there still so i mean i'm all everything i do out there is like they don't even know what to think about so they're all i'm always talking to like groups of girls or anything about all this stuff so whenever they find out about it uh, they're always like, does she does she do it? And I go, at this point, no. But she's it's open. She's open to do it. You know, it's fine by me. It's it's I, okay. I think also for me, I just have like never. I was never in any kind of relationship. I've never had my life be defined by a partnership in a in. I've never been in a monogamous relationship until our relationship. At least like I was her first kind boyfriend, of, kind of at the beginning. But I'm, yeah, I'm like he's my first boyfriend, my husband. All of this, like, I have not oriented my life around relationships either. So the idea of having that be a limit, I also like those kinds of like limitations because it's you need a you need a fucking blueprint if you're going to build anything. If you don't have something just set down, nothing happens, and you can always change. You can always like renegotiate things, but I just don't. I'm. I know that's not for. I know that's not how everybody feels, but I actually I don't feel limited by any relationship ever it's just a th- it's just like a, a thing that now you have to like move around or move over or work with well it also seems like you're communicating more than a lot of relationships communicate 
you kind of have to to navigate what people are okay with or what's going on. Because what I'm thinking about with like, obviously there's going to be judgment. Like what you do is, you, you know, everyone is coming through their own lens. But so many people just fucking cheat on each other, treat each other like shit or like go... Um, I don't know, just go fuck people or pay for sex workers and not discuss it with their partners. And then there's just like the blueprint or whatever, the foundation, there is no trust at all. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so how would that be more healthy? Like all of these like super straight laced vanilla couples in what way? Like what makes that healthier? Yeah, they're just liars. And that's one thing that really like, um, the whole thing, a big part of all of this stuff for me is I just need to be able to tell the truth. Now, granted, I fucked up in my first marriage where I told her everything. And there's you absolutely there's no reason for that. <laughs> it's stupid. It's not it's not uh, a smart thing to do. So I don't tell her everything um, because she doesn't need to know everything. We're still trying to be romantic partners too. Um, but um, I I do want to live in an honest way. And you know my ethical monogamy right now looks way different than it looked ten years ago. I was a bad person ten years ago. I was like a shady, like poly, like everything you hear about those guys. I that was me. I was just doing what I want, trying to get whatever I wanted, and not thinking about the other person, and definitely not thinking about my partner. But now this way, at this point, sober at my age, like all that means is basically I'm, you know, I just can talk to her about different things. But you know, it's not really. Most people aren't down for this stuff. They think I'm a freak. Well, and this, I guess, to me, it's also like this is kind of what I assumed people's marriages were. Anyway, like I did, I genuinely, I don't mean this in like a, uh, I'm like a study abroad person. I think my parents are still married, but they've had a very, very tumultuous relationship and very much that I was like, not a part of, but privy to a lot of it. And so I've seen just like, whatever it is, it takes a lot of work and it's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Um, but I just always was like, yeah, I'm just assuming that people are like figuring out what works for them. And they they I don't know, marriage as again, like as a structural orientation as opposed to like actual. No, I think stuff, a lot of but people... I think people do. That's but that to me also where I'm like, this doesn't seem crazy because it's just like. Oh, yeah, we're just having a healthy relationship where you talk about what the other person needs and wants. And uh, it to me, it's not much different than if they said, like, oh, I, you know, I I only like to sleep with this kind of pillow or whatever. If if I were to go, no, we got these pillows and we sleep with these forever and whatever. Uh, I can like, see. I know couples that that would be real. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you're acting like a pillow. Like, this is truly. <laughs> yes, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And I guess that that's where I'm like, I know for me, I am a person that can do this because I also am pretty flexible about just about everything in my life, which, again, is like a thing that sounds shitty, but I mean it in like a down, a down kind of way. And also in a like, I don't know, how could you not want? No, I think a lot of people do what they think they should be doing. And I relate to that. Like in my early 20s, I'd go clubbing and I would hate it, but I'd be like, I'm a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't I love to club? And then I was like, oh, clubbing's not for me. It doesn't make me a loser. I could just like, like this kind of socializing. And so I think sometimes that's the same with people's marriages or what their homes are supposed to look like or what. Um, what life is and people kind of do the steps without looking inward or like really figuring themselves out or just even asking do I like this do I like this yes but also we haven't been told that that's what you're supposed to do I mean which is the thing I get I get I like I like marriage I like celebrations I like um, 
I do think that as people, we do need kind of like, however arbitrary, you need a thing that you like remind yourself to check in with or say, like, I like an anniversary. I like a, um, you know, I think weddings are kind of like spells or something too, where you're just like casting, you're setting up, you're stating your intentions or whatever. And there's people there to witness it and kind of help you and hold you to it. But you're stating what you like aspire to, to, to do in your, you know, it's your like your Love pitch, that. your pitch. Um, <laughs> but I do think that Shark Tank style, I, I love it. But I think that we need those things to remind us to like <clears throat> celebrate and to to be grateful and and have those things. But I do think also being I've I've been in a lot of people's weddings um, that it is a time when you really get caught up. If you are not being careful, you can get very caught up easily in the like well this is what you're supposed to do and this is what that means like the stuff instead of the like why you're doing it now i think most of it is bullshit uh, but everything she's saying i do understand that like this means a lot of the stuff means stuff to people so i and i do believe in the community i believe in family i believe that uh, that is how we're constructed as human beings, that we have to be aware of these things and that those people around us are important. So to have a wedding and to be married means things to our families, it means something to my parents and to her parents. Uh, and so I think that's good. So I, I, could try, I could try to talk them out of it or I can give them something that they can grab onto and it means a lot to them. And do they know about your lifestyles? Yes. Of the rich and famous. Yeah. yeah. It's in my Instagram bio. Yeah. It's like, it's we don't we don't like talk about it explicitly. But did you like have that, a but... thing where you where your someone in your family was like that's that's what like convinced like did you have to was there ever resistance? That's the question. No, my dad my dad sent an email about sex stuff at one point, but not but not about that. Her dad used to be a minister too. I'm a I used to be a minister. So we talk her dad's very Theologically, he knows his Bible well, so we could talk a lot. To us, a lot of our conversations are revolving around the Bible and verses and different things like that. But I, I they, they're very respectful towards us, and they're really like, I think if they ever felt that I was that she was in danger or something like that, but. I mean, we're, we love each other. We're very, uh, you could tell we're being around us that we get along well and we're very affectionate and everything like that too. So her, you know, everyone's being very, my, my mom and my dad aren't, they just don't ask about the stuff. They can't like wrap their, their minds around it. But like I said, it's all out there. My siblings know about it. They think it's a little weird, but um, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm like a queer person. So. I don't care what these people think. <laughs> yes. And that's ultimately how you have to live your life to do everything. So we did a lot of that. You know, you, you get it all out and like, yeah, you know, it's all messy and stuff. But now that it's years later, we've been together so long, then it's just fine. I mean, what can people say? We're happy. Absolutely. And we're getting healthier all the time. And uh, I'm I'm very... I'm very excited about the woman that she's becoming, the comedian she's becoming, all those things. Now that she feels loved and safe, I feel like, you know, I'm 10 years older than her. So watching her like grow and stuff like this, I'm like, I always want to be like Celine Dion's manager and kind of just take over. I was <laughs> <laughs> Just like take over and do that. But I just know that's one of the cool things about comedy is, you know, like you, you got to let a person grow on their own. I could only tell her how to be me. 
and that's not going to work. So yeah, sometimes I have friends that are younger comedians, and <laughs> I see them doing dumb shit, but I don't say anything because, like, you, why am I going to stop you from being able to do dumb shit and learn from it? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I want to be judgy or like, oh my god, and then I have to be like, no. I felt that way too. They should feel excited about this or, you know, fall on their face in whatever way <laughs> that they have to do it. Yeah. So, but, you know, I am grateful. She is not my type at all. I mean, she's obviously beautiful. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Although I am talking about that. My kind of, my type is like a, like a fucking pasty ass white girl with a blazer, like working in an office. That's like my type. And that's not Julia. Julia is like just straight up beautiful. Um, but I also like a colder but woman. But do you put on um, office outfits sometimes? <laughs> I can, we should. I, I know. Could. I'll get a badge. I'll get a little. Uh, I'll get a, a, little, a, little, a little lanyard badge. attached yeah. to your business slacks. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's not my type like that at all. But she's not also like I'm from an abused home, and my mom was like shut down. So I do like colder kind of women. Like I like to like break in, like crack that thing, and then like rip it open. And I'm like, yes, I feel like I won. My mom loves me and she's just not like that however we got together a year after my divorce uh however yeah, she, where did you guys meet just comedy, comedy. Oh, yeah okay. friends first i'm assuming yeah kind of yeah kind of it all happened kind of quick um you remember uh sleepaway camp holy fuck and then there was sleepaway camp yeah cool shows right yeah, yeah, yeah. hip shows we'd go to bar 107 after like a bunch of like comedians and stuff and one one time it was just us that went. Nobody else went. And uh, I hadn't seen her do comedy yet, so I just thought she was like an actress or something, too. And But we just had a good time. We like were drinking. Mind you, I do need to disclose, I was rockabilly at the time. And <laughs> you just don't know what to think when someone has a pompadour all the time. You know, I can't fault anybody for that. Hard I'm very, rockabilly. Again, I'm telling you everything, the pin dresses I want to see stuff. a photo. I'm like as, I've, I have realized now, again, through a lot of introspection <laughs> and astrology and this kind of stuff, too, that I'm just like... I'm I'm ready to lose everything at a moment's notice. Like that is what my like internal thing feels, but also that like uh that people like understand what I'm doing is like a performance or whatever and they just don't. And Rockabilly is like an, a a great ex- example of that where I was like, "Oh, everyone's going to get that this is just like a a physical <laughs> character I'm am embodying." And people are like, "Oh, do you like go to the vet? Like do you love like social D and shit?" And I'm like, "I don't even know. No, I just like I like the dresses. This is a nice silhouette. I'm sorry they just started making hot clothes for curvy women like 3 years ago, okay? If you want if you were thicker and you wanted to let people know that you were hot and you fucked, you'd be rockabilly. Okay? Uh, so like that's I'm like I just want to look hot, okay? That's all. Um but I do understand now that that I mean, I, yeah. Bold red lip. Oh yeah, all of it. I mean, she looked really, really good. She looks good, rockabilly. Don't get me wrong. But it also, for me, I was like, I don't know what to think about this. I can't sign up with this. (laughs) Where you go to a picnic and the woman's rockabilly, like everything you go to, she's got to wear rockabilly. It's like, (laughs) give me a break. It is like that's the thing because I do love it and I do love the like I love dressing up. I like because I like costume, but it does at a certain point feel like you are putting on like a full on. Are you a Daria girl? Did you guys yeah. watch Daria? There's an episode yeah. where Jane in the past lane where she dates like a rock, a zoot suit guy. <laughs> and he's really strict with his yeah. zoot suit um, yeah. outfits. It does. It is like that where it's like you can't do anything like, 
You can't play tennis. Last minute or something like that where you're like, oh, hang on, I gotta, like, you can't wear one part of it, like, separate. So, so. even if you ran an errand at a mall, you're rockabilly. No, I had my, like, workarounds, but... I mean, yeah, some uh, uh, rockabilly people are, <laughs> yes, where they're like, yeah, I'm doing it. You got, again, you got your things where it's like, oh, you like throw in a little scarf or whatever. I'm never a dress up at the mall or a run errands person. I'm okay. always like eyes on the prize focused. I don't need to dress up for that, but it is just a lot. And so that night we uh, we were just drinking and for a couple hours, and then I started to like get the feeling like, oh, I think this woman likes me like that, which I you know I never assume anybody's attracted to me, and so I was like, oh, I guess I'll just ask. So I walked her to her car. I said, you should come home with me, and she was like, oh, I got to get up early. I, you know, I would whatever, and I was like, all right, so whatever, and I was like, I guess she just doesn't like me like that. And then like months went by, and I would see her every now and then, but. I had uh, the first time I saw her do an open mic. She had this really great bit about um, guys saying they they don't want commitment, but then they treat you like a girlfriend. And it's a whole like it's like a three minute, four minute chunk, and it's a great bit. And after that, I was like, all right, she's like this girl's like really funny too. And so I booked her on, on the Chatterbox, and um, that the night she performed at the Chatterbox, we had this little thing where I, we, I was drunk and we were flirting and talking and then I was like, yeah, too bad we don't have any chemistry, you know? And then I, and she said, oh, you don't think we have any chemistry? And I was like, which by the way, all guys should start shows and book women and then try to hook up with them afterwards. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I really didn't think she was found me attractive just from the one night. So I just said that and then I told her, um, all right, there's this alley behind the chatterbox where I've hooked up with several women uh, before. And I told her, hey, if you, I was like, and I was serious too. I said, hey, we should kiss. I was like, I'm going to go back. There's an alley back there. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to wait for like a minute. We should kiss. I think you'd have a lot of fun. I was like, but if you don't come back there, I'm just going to come back here and we're going to keep talking and act like nothing's happened. I promise you I won't be mad or anything like that. She's like, okay. And so I just went outside and I was like, Phew. Just waiting for a little while, but then she came up and we kissed. And it was I had great. to wait a little bit, but I was like, <laughs> okay. And uh, that first night where you didn't, did you really have to wake up? Or yes, I really, did. I really did. And it just was like a weird, I was in a weird living work situation. And um, it was like one of those things. I've had this with, with dating scenarios where you just have to say, you have to say no and you have to just trust that like if the, you had a connection that it's going to happen. It, like that if it's someone that's going to be around, I knew he, I was going to see him again. I had seen him before. I knew he was like in the vicinity and I was like, this isn't going to be the last chance you get to like hook up with someone that you absolutely could find out where they're going to be all the time, that you have reasons to be around them, you know? I really was like, it was one of those where I'm like, this, you can't say it's not you, it's me, because it's like all of the the lines or whatever, so you don't say anything. But just, I just was sitting back going like, this is going to happen at one point, at some point, because I did like him a lot. It's funny, when we talked at that night, I was like, again, not like a thing that you say that's like, I don't not not unsexy, but I like the when the first time that we hung out that night at 107, I was like, oh, I would like love for this guy to meet my family. Like that kind of, but it was like a per, where I was like, oh, like I like this. I like this person. I like he was asking me really interesting questions, like actually was asking me about myself. And I've just always in in that I think out the reason I went into the alley, too, is because I was just believed that he was serious when he was like, it's not a big deal or or like. 
I just trusted that you could like take care of yourself and be okay and you weren't gonna be shitty to me if I said no. Yeah, it's so simple. Like, like, what do you? What are you looking for? It's like, can someone just be nice? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Jesus. Yes, truly. And it was like I just got the sense that you. I mean, and from seeing your comedy too, or whatever, where I was like, oh, this guy fucks. He's not going to be weird if I say like what you. If you're if you're a person who's going to talk about fucking all the time, you have to be a person that also knows that people say no sometimes to that too. So I just again, I like got the sense that you were a person that would handle yourself well if I expressed, you know, those yeah, things. Yeah, not but, kill you in the alley. Yes, yes exactly, exactly. Should have come out, and, bitch. And that was, it truly was like the magic phrase where he just was like, if you don't want to, I will come back in here and we will keep talking in this. Because we've all had that situation where you're like talking to someone at a bar or something and you say like, hey, I'm not interested. Like, hey, I'm I'm going through something or whatever, and they are like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. And then you like get to the end, and then they're fucking weird about it, or they like you. They say, can I buy you a drink? And you say, hey, I'm re- I'm here. I'm here not trying to do that tonight. And then it still is like, well, I know that's what you said, but blah blah. blah. And so just the fact that he like said it, I don't know. Put me at ease. And do you guys mostly hang out with other couple friends? Is there like a third wheel best friend for one of you? Or are you mostly just the two of you and then hang out with your friends separate? Or all of the above? I think kind of all of the above. I think we've had phases for for different uh, for different ones, but I think that, I don't know, we both work and do projects a lot. I love relationships. I'm like always setting up like one or yeah. two like coffee dates and lunch dates with different people all the time. I'll go in the movies. I'm always like doing that stuff, but she doesn't really do that that much. Yeah. She's got like, I'm telling you, she's like, which is so funny too. You're like crafting or something, right? You're making stuff. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like doing stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm making stuff. I'm cleaning stuff. I'm like reading about the planets and shit. I'm (laughs) like, this bitch is always reading about the planets. Yeah, dude, I'm like in my own. I know it's so funny because, you know, obviously she's a big astrologer and stuff, but I mean, sometimes I'm like, give me a fucking break. I'll walk in and she's reading a book. What's that book that the one I was just Healing Pluto Problems. I love it. She's reading a book all serious and I healing Pluto problems. And I'm like, this is hysterical. I cannot get over how funny this is. But I was the only child. My sister and I are seven. I have a sister now, but we're almost eight years apart. And so I'm just like also very used to being alone and being on my own and being kind of like able to move within a lot of things because you move, you can move faster when you're by yourself even just like going through crowds and this kind of stuff i like to be able to like maneuver so it's funny because it's like i do feel like in a lot of ways we have the as much as like he's the poly non-monogamous person i have much more of the like uh like i'm just trying to get it i'm just trying to stay out of it like i'm trying to be able to break away as fast as possible kinds of things so i think that that like and and i set up all our social stuff and all the dinners and all the things even we do with other couples which is kind of funny because like a regular straight couple sometimes i got to tell the woman listen man i i set up our stuff i'm sorry that i'm going to directly be talking to you i know i'm not i know i'm poly but i'm not trying to do anything with you but wow you have to give the heads up well you could tell too yeah yeah it's like yeah, you could tell too. It's like it's silly, but also I get it too because guys are scummy. So who cares? Like I, I don't take it personal or anything. But it's I do tell women up front, like when we meet a new couple or something. I'm like everything goes through me. You're gonna be dealing with me. I'm sorry. She just doesn't care. That's <laughs> true. And so, are you planning most of the wedding? No, no, no. She's. I mean, there's not much to plan. It's gonna be. We're gonna have like 
160 people, which is very small for us, how many people we know. And uh, we're going to just battle. We're doing vows, just straight up battle vows. And What's uh, a battle vow? <laughs> just like whoever, I mean, whoever, gonna throws, down, yeah, like whoever <laughs> throws down their vows the hardest, you know? Yeah, it's, gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's straight up going to be a battle. Actually, we're going to we're gonna uh, roast each other based on each other's vows. <laughs> you're going to throw down, I'm going to come back. I'm going to, no. It's very uh, informal. I mean, it's still going to cost, you know, whatever. 12 15 grand but that's not that much for weddings if you think about it and yeah our, our friends catering uh but he's an excellent caterer and my the guy who dj'd my first wedding is djing the second <laughs> wedding i mean there's not much to plan well we're gonna have to settle down and probably like look at linens and stuff but yeah it's very laid back as I, far as weddings go. i also again have been a maid of honor several times i've been a bridesmaid a lot where i'm like all of this I'm like ready to go spreadsheet wise where it's like the, you know, I'm doing a lot of act physical act outs, which is perfect for podcasts. Um, <laughs> but she's not like no. stupid about a lot of the stuff. She's all she says. I just want to wear that damn dress. I want to wear mm-hmm. the dress and I want to do that. And, and like, you have your dress mm-hmm. and, and you've thought about the dress before you knew the dress was going to happen. Oh, yeah. I just like again. I'm like, if you if you put together, if we put a new, I'm I'm very open to pitching a, a wedding 2.0 where there's like a new production that you can do where you get to have like your dress and your you get to have a big party where everybody comes for it or whatever. I know you can do it for a birthday, but where it like feels like you're, I don't know. There's something about to me about a wedding that's not the birthday that it's not like that you are trying to do something you're trying to like bring things together you're trying to make a separate thing and uh yeah I'm- i do believe marriage is the two corporations like coming together and so i i agree with everything she just said you want this to be an event where people feel the heft of the decision and where you make them feel like you wanted them there and that it's important that you chose them to be there to watch this stuff because that's what i feel like is like getting here it's like that's what i feel like is getting lost in weddings now or whatever where people are so much about the party part of it but not thinking about the everyone's like just skip to the party and it's like yeah skip to the party but also like you're supposed to like say stuff in front of these people that's why they like came to i don't know at the very least it should be kind of like special vulnerable or something like yeah humiliating yeah well humiliating. that's i'm like i, I always use the word like embarrassing i, I love how, how kind of interchangeable that. for lisa is uh vulnerable and humiliating it is. Are interchangeable in front of people like i enjoy being vo- but the idea of like saying how you feel about someone oh. in front of all of these oh, yeah. people is definitely it it seems embarrassing. Yeah. It seems embarrassing. But I would love to be married. I'm like very into wanting to be married. Yes. But I would escape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would escape on a mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine too. I mean, give my parents a little bit something. But you guys did separate for a while, or no? Yeah, we yeah. broke up for a year. And how was that? It was awful. It was terrible. It was really sad. It was, and did you go from living together to not? We were never no. living. No, okay. we weren't living together. It was after the first year we were together for first year. And then, like I said, our drinking was super chaotic because of me. Like, we'd be drunk. It's like Chicago drunk, like five nights a week. (laughs) Yeah. Like, drunk, like rushing back from the chatterbox, kind of drunk, just buzzed so we can get to our local bar so we could get really drunk and take an Uber home, like that kind of a thing. Like, we loved getting drunk together, but it was chaotic. And also, 
I was still kind of a shady poly guy still. So I told her up front, hey, I'm Paul. I'm, I'm Paul. You got to accept everything I do, which for me at the time meant like license to do whatever I wanted, which is not ethical or good or anything like that. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. But then we fell in love and it becomes a thing. Then you're not talking about it. And, you know, those kind of people who say, like, I told you up front, but it's still that's not ethical. You're not treating the person right. You're not allowing them to renegotiate based on what the relationship has become at that point. And so I was still being kind of shady. And I think it was like killing her. Um, You can speak to that, though. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think that that's an accurate uh, depiction of it. And I think also, you know, to. On my end, too, like I said, it's I've never been in a relationship before. I feel like I've been in a lot of different, not in a heterosexual <laughs> romantic relationship, at least. Uh, I have not been I've not been in a homosexual relationship. <laughs> I, 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 just, like, I wanted to mean I have had very deep. I've I feel like I have been in love with everyone that I've ever been like. uh I'm making this more intimate. Like friend, you know, I'm like friendship oh. love or whatever that where I'm like, I yeah. might as well. The way that I talk about friends that I've had, I might as well have been like it, it to me. It's almost sadder that we weren't fucking how much they still were like basically my girlfriends or whatever. Like that. Kind Dude, of thing. I relate to that. Yes. So I, and I, then I, they have kids and then you're lonely <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize you have no friends. If you do feel that thing, like I've definitely had that with my friendship relationships where I went like, oh, well, I thought we were like enough for each other until this moment when there's like a betrayal when they're like oh no I just was like hanging out with you until I got to fuck someone or what those kinds of things and which I think is an oversimplification on my part but that that kind of like hurt heartbreak but definitely had not been so I felt like oh I know how to like be in relationship with people but then this I don't know so I had a lot to learn about myself so was it a big fight yes listen we were drinking a lot and she hit me once at some point um and then i told her hey if you because i am from an abused home and i and i this is a real thing the, the first time yeah you did say hit me well i must i was blacked out he was right? blacked out drunk he said hit me and i did and no 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 i'm talking oh, about when you slapped me oh, in the car when you. i was driving yes. like slapped yes. on the side of my head yes and so she did that to me and i told her hey listen I, you can't do that again. Like, I don't care whatever happens. I was like, you just can't hit me again. That's a big thing for me. You just can't do it again. And then at some point. That was when we were, we had a small breakup. You know, I, we don't need to get into all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. A year yeah. though, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. No, yeah. So at, that, at hap- year, that happened. He said, if this happens again, you know, I can't. And then shortly after, fairly shortly after that. We had another night where we were drinking a lot and I hit him again again. And so I was like, you know, it really bummed me. out. I was sad, but also like I did not know how to. There was no way around. I was like, oh, we have to break up. And it wasn't like. It was like not I was just I was sad, but I also knew I was like, if she hits me again, I just can't do this again. I was like, I come from this stuff. I can't do it again. And so we did break up. But. You know, I'd text her and we'd hook up like once a month or something. And she was so sad from the breakup, too. So that, you know, in that whole year we were broken up, I'd, she, I'd see her at least every couple weeks or something like that. But she was also like such a sad person that at one point, you know, I was like, even if I wanted to flip this switch back on, you, this is not the person I even knew anymore. It was just it was like a very sad time for us. Like, 
Like I did not think it would ever like come alive again, that kind of thing. Um, but she was also, I just loved her so much. I remember at one point, God, I'm such a terrible Are you guy. guys sex in the city people? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is very Harry Charlotte breakup. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you guys were just sad. Yeah, uh, yeah we were so sad. Dude, I, tru- I truly did. I had a tweet once where I was like, I'm at the rodeo and there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of bald guys. I feel like Charlotte at the synagogue. <laughs> just looking for my bald man. <laughs> but yeah, we were like so sad. But I was like, I just don't know. I do, I understood there was a couple things going on there. I was mad that she did it. Then I could forgive her, but then I was also mad at like the comedy community or whatever that nobody was like mad that she hit me. <laughs> Which now that I'm like nobody cares if a girl hits a guy, who cares? <laughs> Unless they keep hitting them, you know, if you're abusive. Yeah. But everyone, I mean, she punched me pretty hard too in the face, but uh nobody gave a shit. And so I was mad at the community. And then I'm kind of like after a year, I'm kind of like not I'm just not mad at all anymore but also she's so sad I don't know how to become attracted to like this person who's just so sad all the time like I just didn't know how to do it and then so when you guys would fuck were you both just sad yeah Yeah. I mean and I just knew that it was like a thing where it was like my fault kind of you know like my the inciting incident is on me and his decision to say I can't be with you because of this thing was the thing that I was like yeah I have to respect that you like you said coming from your background yes I would it would be shitty of me to go like no to try to convince you otherwise that's where it's like hey I have to I have to take accountability for this and whatever the consequences are so I think I just felt so guilty and awful and did not want to even though he would text me and say you know like we would still see each other i didn't feel like i could have any like agency in the situation where it was kind of like hey i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna do anything until he says it's okay or whatever but that also is not like that's not me even though i like i I'm strategic, but I'm I'm very much like involved, uh, even if it's a little more again chess like kind of behind the scenes. So I think just having to be like, just feeling like I had to just like l- be cool with whatever or like not say anything or just be like so happy that he was still talking to me because I just felt so awful. Like I can absolutely see how that's like not an attractive person that you yeah, would want to yeah, be that's around. Like not you know? nothing like, I would find attractive. That's yes. not, she wasn't being the person that I got with. Yes. And, uh, so, but I just knew that there, because he kept talking to me, I was like, there's something there. So kind of in my mind, I was just kind of like, well, if I like kind of hold, ride this out till he's, you know, wherever gets over whatever it is that he needs to get over whatever he's whatever he's upset with if i just kind of keep showing up and keep being chill but that's also like you're not supposed not to do lesson. that yeah, yeah. Uh, women you're not supposed to do yeah. that <laughs> yeah. but, but it worked this time so after a year you were she um the, and how often are you going to the rodeo <laughs> just the one time. Okay. It was just the one time. I'd love to go to the rodeo more often, but I went I went with friends. It was in where is it? What's what's past West Covina, like up where that that P- center is? Pomona? No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh I went to one rodeo and that's all. But so, so yeah, I, what I pop I pop some tires. I like make a weird right turn and pop two of my right tires. I'm a terrible driver. Uh and she's the first person to call in late November. I'm like I'm just going to call Julie. And she came, picked me up, helped get my car towed, fixed my thing. And then I just didn't text her for like a two or three weeks or something like that. And 
it was a Christmas party. Everyone used to go to Bigfoot Lodge after on Sunday nights for that show. What show was it? I don't even With think it was. With Fritz? Yeah. No, it was even before that. Oh, wow. It was Babe Island. Babe Island. That's what it was. There we go. And she came from her Christmas party. She looked great. This fucking camel jacket that's long. She's wearing this green dress. She's stunning like, like that. And I was there. I came after the chatterbox. And then uh, we were at the bar. And then she said, she was like, Hey, how come how come you didn't how come you haven't texted me back? But she said it in like a real flirty kind of like it wasn't mad or sad. It was like flirting with me. And then I was like, I don't know, whatever. And she's like, let's go talk over at the table. So we went and we sat at the table and you know we she was like, why don't you date me? She's like, just let's go out on one date. She was just being like that, like kind of funny too. <laughs> but it was the first time she wasn't like being sad or anything. She was, she's, she's like, you were in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. yeah. She was like, well, and I was just pissed. Like, that's what I mean, where I'm like, you got to know in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm just like waiting until he softs up. I'm imagining he's like a little baby animal that it's like, you got to just put your hand out with the food and like, you can't move, like just let, once they're eating from it, you can't move, like you just got to let them, you know, whatever. And so then for me, to feel like you know with this tire thing where I'm like we're like I can like see the progress every time you know what I mean and then for him to just not text me back I was like I I was fucking through the roof so mad sending ma- I never do I never pop off online like this and I'm sending like snaps snapchat this was like peak snapchat time where I'm like <laughs> counting down the days always like posting a picture where I'm just like fucking three days five days <laughs> like, going going into work talking with my salon co-workers like every day like still hasn't fucking they're like Ooh. Uh, so then I just came in I what at at one point though I just was like laughing I like got so mad that I laughed to myself and was just like oh you just have to like go stop being like sad or whatever it was like that where it was like stop being sad or whatever like and just say just say it just ask him just say what's 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 the deal the one thing that you haven't done this like whole time and then so after that yeah we just started dating again did you hook up that night on Christmas Oh, we might have hooked up that. I don't think we did. No, it was after, right? Yeah, because it was because we made a plan. Because I was like, let's go on a date or whatever, and I was like, think about it. Because you came to me with your pros and cons list, which <laughs> yeah. is a Steve a Steve classic. But yeah, I mean, she had. Um, I I could look back re- in retrospect and understand that I was being like gaslighty and not really being honest or a good communicator or any of that stuff so yeah of course physically you know is like that's a terrible thing but it isn't the same as a guy hitting a girl um, and also for lack of you know in this particular instance I don't believe this ever is the case and I don't think anyone should ever be violent but I in a lot of ways I had riled her up I had gotten her to this point for her to do this and so I can acknowledge that that it was there were, I played a part in that kind of stuff too, and from that point on, I mean, without I'm telling you, before that breakup, the power dynamic is way uneven. And then after we've gotten back together, it's been like a true partnership where we communicate and we value each other. And yeah, if if that breakup didn't happen, we wouldn't be still. I don't know what it would have happened, but it would have been gross. This is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Nice. Ditto. <laughs> I did want to touch on some horoscope in terms of conflict. Sure. But I don't know if I have like a specific thing. What can you tell us? What aspect of conflict do we want to talk about? Okay. So (laughs) you guys have obviously been doing great. This like lovely relationship. 
And then, so your love language is acts of service. Obviously, is that it or what? I would, I'm quality time, physical touch. But you give. I think I give acts of service. But I think acts of service to me very much is in quality time. Quality time plus physical touch is an act of service where it's like giving your giving your body and time. Does that make sense? Yes. And what about you? It, it's probably the same. It's at least physical touch. Like I said, I, I and I wouldn't have known that because my mom was not affectionate at all, but we're like very affectionate. We're always like, if you see us at a show, we're like cuddling and kissing and stuff. It's just what we like to be like. So it really matched up well. And in terms of your guys' horoscope, moons, planets. Mm -hmm. I'm a double Aries. I'm an Aries moon, an Aries sun, and a Libra rising. And I'm a Libra rising, Sagittarius sun, Capricorn moon. And what does that mean in terms of your communication and trajectory? Well, we are both very Martian. So I think that this is the, what I was going to say about conflict and those things is like Mars. That's what I mean by Martian. Um, Martial maybe is the better word to say with it. Um, our Mercury w rules communication and we both have Mars ruled Mercuries. And so I think that we both are um, kind of not fight talkers, but it is like, we're like get down to business. It's very much like, uh, not not necessarily that we don't have like nice conversations too, but in those things, it's more like negotiation. We do, yeah, we go to come, war. Go to the table, like that sort of thing. Well, you guys too. do both seem very upfront throughout yes. all of your kind of history of like, why aren't you taking me out? And that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's very much like the facts, not so much like, well, I feel this way. Yeah, we but, leave the feelings like, out of it. And there's, yeah, it's very much like, all right, we're negotiating every time we're going and um we're, we both play and i'm grateful to for this too we both play very fair and we're both very honest so we're not like trying to manipulate each other we're not trying to we both don't have any problem like acknowledging when we're wrong with and what we can do better yeah so i think Mer yeah mercury there and then also our moons because of our we're able to even though we process emotions differently we both kind of are emotionally accountable i think in a way where we go well here's where i'm coming from this is yeah but in general mercury mars moon i think is like the um if you're thinking in terms of your own communications or how in relationships because the moon is our kind of like physical safety our emotions and stuff but i think of it more as like what do we need to feel like we're held i mean i always like talk about the moon like this and you see the moon you know changing and shifting and that so if you're not in touch with that it's likely to come out in these mercury or mars ways where we're gonna fight we're gonna say something mean we're gonna do something we're gonna leave we're gonna whatever if we're not aware of what we need to feel safe in a situation first and foremost i think and then it's how do you talk about it how do you take action about it mercury talk mars action and moon is what you need mm -hmm. and you have to be in touch with your moon or just aware of how it might be you know like i think the moon very literally is like a different amount of light in the sky and so sometimes it's like really strong and sometimes it's 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 there but like you're not using that light necessarily so i think it's just about a matter of being aware of like what's the strongest moon i can have and when is it not really there and how can i tell like which moon i'm dealing with today okay i love a crescent moon 
<laughs> Beautiful. Wait, what's your? I forget. What's your moon sign? Do you I think I'm Virgo all around. Like you were very much like that. Like five of my something insane. Like all of my shit was Virgo. I when wanted, I, did the I pod. think I think we said Sag. Do you remember Sag Rising though? Because I think no. I always right. am like I have to re-listen to the pod so I can remember all of these things. But I just remember I was heavy in the Virgo. Yes, I remember that too. I just can't remember if you were Virgo Rising versus Virgo Sun or Virgo Moon. Virgo I don't know. Sun. And what was funny? She was like, "So what is your?" Um, like what do you know about the, the horoscope and stuff I go well I just read about Virgos and that's that ah, yes. <laughs> you were like that's very Virgo and it's also fine for you Honestly, you got so much Virgo in there but that's I think that's going to be a more analytical um, emotional experience or just like very particular in terms of like truly like you need to be fed you need to drink enough water you need to be well rested and if you take care of that you're pretty clear well, thank God I don't do any of those. You know, <laughs> thank God I refuse to drink water and sleep, and I'm only eating. Is it very much like 7-Eleven? Literal physical safety and security. Um, I think for Earth, Earth signs, Earth moons. Yeah, Earth safety for sure. Like I have a big trip coming up on Thursday, and it's just like been a week of anxiety getting ready for it. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, and how important is it? Do you feel like? It probably helps relationships to know the planet shit about themselves, right? Yeah. People are too quick to ignore it all. I think people get caught up in the idea that there are only certain ones that can go together. And so they don't realize that it's that there's value in learning about them when in fact it's like, well, no, it's just like someone else is like, if you want to impress someone at dinner, wouldn't you find out like what their favorite food is and make it? There's not only like one kind of food you can make in a kitchen. You just need to know what a person wants to eat and buy the ingredients and like go from there. But you don't go like, oh, well, you're a Virgo. You can only eat Chinese food and I don't like Chinese food. So whatever. Like it's it's one of the coolest things about astrology. Um, you know, I, I'm not that into it, but I, I respect it. And I, I, I've picked up a lot through osmosis. But one of the coolest things is just to understand that people are just so different and that they can't help it and that nothing's bad, that we all need each other. And so if we've had friends in the past that I'm butting heads with or something, she can say, oh, they're kind of like this. So when you're being this way, this is how this makes them feel. And that that allows me to be like, oh, okay. so I have to make sure if I love them and I do love my friends, then I have to communicate this in such a way so that they feel safe and that that uh, they'll hear me if they if these needs are taken care of and I would never I don't think I would have understood that message uh, except through like seeing it work time and time again through astrology when you're dealing with relationships with different friends and different people through Julia's help yeah so I think it's not so much yeah I think it's just knowing that they don't specifically go together but if you're trying to talk to someone knowing what their stuff is but also i don't know if everybody should know it i think you I, yeah she's this is big, a, big like with you should not know it when you're dating someone going into it yeah you should not because you'll you'll just try to do too much you'll look at them through the lens that you've read about them yeah, yeah. The perceptions and i think already. you don't know because ultimately astrology isn't meant to i think um like unless you're talking with other astrologers which i do a lot and i love doing that but i think for people the point is to be able to not know necessarily what someone's moon is but to say like oh my friend lisa needs 
an extra 20 minutes when we're uh, like going to the airport for a trip because she's going to be stressed out. And so like I'm going to need to make sure that I'm really on time if I'm giving her a ride there so she knows that I'm like safe. It doesn't matter. Who cares if you have a Virgo moon or whatever? It's like, how do you care for people? How does that what does that actually mean for that person? And I think if you don't know anything about them beforehand, you actually aren't going to know anything. Knowing a Scorpio Mercury doesn't mean anything if you're not like looking at someone going like, oh, well, that's what that means. And I think um, astrology helps, but also if you're just like thoughtful and thinking about yeah. those things. Yeah, and what absolutely. I think I'm guilty of, and maybe others are too, is wanting people to act the way you want them to act. Sure. And not just like giving into who they are fully and helping them out, but being like, fucking annoying yes well i've done you that know? too because we have very like compatible charts and i've gone like well this should be this should be working or this should be this works or this is a way instead of actually going like well how does that work or what is it that what is what is fire signs together actually look like and a lot of times it doesn't mean that it's like easygoing you know like harmonious relationships is what you would read on a thing a lot of times it's like two full flames like on it's a very like hot room you know just thinking of it in those kinds of uh terms so i think even if you're reading about something if you aren't also basing it on your physical lived experience with that person then who cares like who cares if you like have a map to get to a place and you don't like the place like leave or go find a different place but is there a sign that's stereotypically the the most annoying to deal with in conflicts <laughs> or no like is there an it depends who you are because isn't the whole thing like the scorpios love to fuck no, no, they're it's fuck not, demons de but depending on who you are a sign's gonna be more awful to yeah. you yeah oh, okay i know i know when we first started dating she would say that cancer men are the worst because they're so emotional and cry baby but she's since changed that and said what, what do you say about it now? I still think that cancer energy is the toughest for me. And I will say that I say this as a Libra rising and a Capricorn moon, which are two cardinal signs. Cancer is also a cardinal. And so the same, uh, not the same sign, but the same like kind of sign, if you will, um, will often, uh, they're in a difficult relationship to each other because it's like all all the cardinal signs are the ones that want to be in charge cancer however is the crab they move a little sideways and so they want to be in charge but they're always telling you that they're not in charge they don't care whatever like no 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 we'll do what you want to do i hey i'm just here for whatever but then also uh through their through emotions often are absolutely running the situation but they're saying that it's like you do what you want to do i just feel like blah 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 like i'm this i but it's fine you know whatever i i think for your initial question of fighting i think libras are the worst to fight with because i think that libra and this is one to me that i feel like is very much a product of um pop astrology where we get the signification of Libra being fair and balanced and just. And so I think that Libra is a sign that can very much convince itself that they have come to this decision absolutely objectively and fairly and they cannot be moved. So I think that they I think it's like the hardest to have a fruitful negotiation with or a fruitful conversation with sometimes. But anybody can be awful. 
<laughs> that it just is depends. So true. It depends on like what you're looking. For. I think it depends also like what do you think that the role of conflict is? Do you want this conflict to like go somewhere, or are you a conflict person where you just want to like get yours out and then you're going to go to your separate corners and come back and say, "I'm sorry, I didn't really mean that. I just needed to yell and I just needed to whatever and and that sort of thing." Because I think for for that, then it's going to be a different sign. But yeah. No, I'm someone that wasn't raised with skills to have conflict, so it stressed me out, and so I have to really focus on, like, okay, you can have conflict and then continue a relationship. Mm -hmm. For me, I shut down and I hate you for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) And I just am like, nothing's wrong. Um, This has been fantastic. I don't know if you have any final thoughts. And where can people find you? What would you like them to find out about you? Well, Julia has a huge uh, uh, astrology podcast called What's Your Sign? She's a superstar. Can't be stopped. Uh, Her podcast is more successful than every podcast I've ever had in the past 12 years. But you got to (laughs) remember, I didn't have a podcast OG. You didn't have you as your partner. I've listened to you do podcasts for years before I started a podcast, you know? Baby, you know I'm okay with this. I know. I just like like to remind, I just like to affirm and remind everyone that I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, that's very sweet. Uh, And you can find me at Big Hearn on Twitter, Hernia on Instagram, and then check us out every Sunday at Covina at the Chatterbox Comedy Night. If you want to drive out there, if you love stand-up, those are some of the best shows in Los Angeles. Unbeatable, really. I mean, <laughs> oh, check out my Bible podcast too. If you like Bible stuff, uh, read the Bible with me with Steve Hernandez. Uh, that's a great podcast. You're gonna love it. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So of course, follow them, love them, show up at their shows, show up at their house, start knocking on their doors. What an incredible episode. Um, Yeah, I feel very cool. I get to talk to people and have them come out to, I think, Glendale. I don't know where we were, and I'm done remembering. Um, Thank you for listening again. Okay, I'm just going to get the number up. I'm always like, I can't do it. I'm going to do it. I know I'm not wearing clothes, but that doesn't matter. So please, okay, why won't I? Okay, I found it. Okay, okay, okay. Sometimes I do that on stage and I start saying okay too much and I hate myself. Okay, so, oh my God, I did it again. 323-677-1943 or enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com to get advice on all of your enemy problems. If you want to come on with an enemy, if you have ideas, if you hate me and you listen to this whole podcast and then want to come for me, let's do it, honey. I would be thrilled. So make sure you support me by giving me problems. Um, that I can judge you on. That would be fantastic. And thanks again to HeadGum and everyone for listening and Julia and Steven and um, to to lifestyles, to different lifestyles and vulnerability. (laughs) Enemies is a HeadGum podcast. Trish Hadley is our executive producer, engineer, and editor. Katie Moose is our supervising producer from HeadGum. Me, Lisa Traeger, I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You're incredible. Jack Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram at either at GlitterCheese or at EnemiesPodcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com. 
or calling 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.